Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Shell, where there's always variety in life. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to Coffee Talk with Shell, where there's always variety in life. I hope you'll keep tuning in Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. So, oh man, I don't even know where to get started. I'm so excited. All right. I'm going to give you a little background story. I may repeat myself a little bit here in a few minutes, so forgive me if I do just give you a heads up. I'm really excited about an upcoming interview coming up here really shortly, probably about 15 minutes. She'll be calling in. Her name is Amberly Snyder. So go to Netflix and find this movie called Walk, Ride, Rodeo. It is based on her, her actual real-life story. Talk about overcoming obstacles. Wow, sirs. So just to kind of summarize, Walk, Ride, Rodeo, the movie on Netflix, uh, based on her true story, basically what happens is in the wake of an accident that leaves her paralyzed, a champion rodeo rider vows to get back on her horse and compete again. She was 18 years old and on her way to becoming a professional rider, having already won a world championship when her life was changed forever. To sum it up, I like to quote her Twitter profile. Paralyzed in a rollover car accident in January of 2010, since then figured out how to still be a barrel racer, breakaway roper, and motivational speaker. Wow. Uh, Amberly Snyder graduated college in 2015 with a bachelor's degree in agriculture education, and then in 2018, she earned her master's degree in school counseling from Utah State University. She was also voted the fan exemption contestant at the world's richest one-day rodeo, which is comparable to the Super Bowl, y'all. RD, uh, excuse me, RFD TV's The American is what it's called. She competed with the best in the industry. She received a standing ovation from over 40,000 fans, actually here at the AT&T Stadium here in Arlington, Texas, not far, maybe 30-minute drive from me. And she won uh, over the hearts of America. Uh, you can check her out. You can find her. My favorite thing to do is go to her YouTube videos. She has a very emotional, motivational videos, excuse me, Wheelchair Wednesdays. And my personal favorite is when she was the keynote speaker at the 88th National FFA Convention and Expo. It's really cool to see how she gives a motivational speech. It's very interactive. She gets people from the crowd involved. She sets up cones and barriers and, and demonstrates, I mean, hands-on demonstrates some of the obstacles, just, just, you know, the simplest things in daily life rituals for us that you wouldn't even think of like being paralyzed or in a wheelchair and how she's learned to adapt and overcome obstacles and, and so much more. And, you know, I broke both of my uh, arms at the same time in 2008. I tripped and fell ironically at the Fort Worth stockyard since, you know, we're talking about rodeo and all today. It's kind of ironic. And, and then um, fast forward to, I think it was 2012, I tripped and fell, had another bad fall, and broke both my feet at the same time. So I had two broken arms at the same time, 2008, two broken feet at the same time, 2012. And I thought those were life-changing experiences. I always say I learned humility, you know, learned to lean on others, learned humiliation, you know, humility. Not humiliation, I said humiliation. I tried to say humility, excuse me. <laughs> Big difference there. Humility, it humbled me, and it made me appreciate so much more. And then when I saw this movie, I was like, oh. Yeah, I look like a wimp. Like, seriously, Shell, you only had two broken arms and two broken feet, and it was temporary. Get over it, girl. So, um, but I'm proud of myself because they they wanted me to, you know, use my arms, so I did. 
I crocheted every day as my way of daily therapy because I couldn't drive myself, even though they wanted me to go to physical therapy every day. I, I couldn't physically get myself there. So I found ways to, to do things like that at home. And so, you know, on my feet too, you know, I, I had to, to, you know, adjust and all that. So when I saw this movie, which, oh, background story, how I discovered the movie, my favorite artist, musician, is Michelle Chamuel. It's going to take you a little back here a few years or so ago. You know, the reality show called The Voice on NBC. This is how it's going to date you here because she was on Team Usher. I think she was only on there like one season or something. But they were a perfect match. And she was the final two. And I've followed her ever since. I've met her a couple of times, gone to her concerts, email her sometimes. She's the sweetest thing. I call her MC and then I sign my, my notes to her CB. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, sometimes I just look up, like, what she's doing, what projects she's working on, thinking, you know, see if she's going to have, you know, another CD coming out, what have you. And to my surprise, I see that she was working on this movie called Walk, Ride, Rodeo. So I was waiting, literally, like, I can't wait for this movie to come out on Netflix. Like, I was counting down the days. I really wasn't sure what to expect. And, I mean, immediately after I watched it, I was so inspired. I immediately gave it a five-star review, which I encourage you to do also, is check out the movie on Netflix. And then as soon as you're done, give it a great review, too, because you'll see what I mean as soon as you learn her story and watch this movie it's all about overcoming obstacles and never giving up and just keep moving forward. Such a beautiful life lesson learned and just so beautiful how she pays it forward and, and gives back to others and keeps encouraging and motivating others continuously. So again, I can't wait. She's going to be calling in here shortly again, Amberly Snyder, check out walk, ride rodeo movie based on her actual life story after being paralyzed due to a terrible rollover car accident in January of 2010 and how she continued to be a barrel racer, breakaway rover, roper, excuse me, and she's also a motivational speaker. All right, I'm going to play a particular song as we wait for her to call in. I think it's a beautiful song. It's called Seam by Brandon Flippin. When I watched this movie, I think it's very fitting that the interview date we chose was today. You know, I was out trying to coordinate a time and date in June with her. And we're like, well, you know, last Sunday was Father's Day. That won't work. So we both agreed on today's date. And I thought, well, that's funny. June 23rd, that's my baptism date. And when I was watching the movie, I was like, imagine you're facing a challenge like that. Wow. So I call this song kind of my go-to song. Like when you feel like you're facing a challenge or you just renew your spirit, what have you. So this is by Pat guest are Brandon Flippin, my dear friend from Minnesota, and it's called Seam, and I hope you love it as much. And I think he even mentions in the lyrics a white horse. All right. Upon a day, clutching 
white horse in attendance based with Oh, I love that song so much. Oh, my goodness. That touches my heart so deep. Isn't that beautiful? Again, that was seen by Brandon Flippin. You can follow him on Twitter, B Flippin Music. You can also follow me on Twitter, Coffee Talk WC. If you, you know, forget any of uh, the other links like his, you know, just message me anytime and ask how do I find Brandon Flippin or, or any of the past guests and so on. Always open also to topic suggestions and interview requests. So, that's the best way to reach me, Coffee Talk WC on Twitter. So again, I am so excited. We'll be interviewing Amberly Snyder here shortly. Like say weeks, so we're all in this together, right? So exciting. So again, don't forget to check out Walk Right Rodeo if you haven't already on Netflix. And again, that movie is based on her real life story. I, I'm hoping to ask her if I get a chance. What are two or three things, you know, a few things that are different any type scenarios are different that happen in the movie versus real life i'm not sure why but hollywood kind of changes things up a little it seems like overall it was pretty accurate from what i've read but maybe a few tweaks here and there you know just minor so i'd be curious to to see what she says on that uh just for grins okay i may play one more song as we wait for her to call in well maybe let's see here i'm trying to find give me just a moment here may or may not we'll just 
Steve. Give me a second here. I'm trying to find something for y'all. Give me just a moment. Okay, her website is amberlysnyder.org. It's A-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y-S-N-Y-D-E-R dot O-R-G. Oh, I just love it. Oh, it's a beautiful picture of her smiling, and it says, Amberly Snyder, get back on the horse. I have thought about that quote so many times since I learned of her story. I love that. That is a perfect quote for her and, you know, for us, motivational speaking. You know, I was trying to order um, – I had like a Barnes and Noble gift card earlier and I was trying to, to order like a, a little calendar, you know, through Barnes and Noble website. And this one calendar kept coming up that caught my attention. I mean, I've always loved horses. I love to horseback ride. I'm not a rodeo girl myself per se, but I, I love horses. And this one calendar kept coming up and it was titled something along the lines of like what horses you know, what life lessons we learn from horses. I was like, what a cool concept. And then like each month, I think it gives you a life lesson that the horse, you know, teaches you. I was like, what a cool concept. Probably something she would definitely appreciate. <laughs> oh my goodness me. All right. Give me just a moment here. So again, you can go to her website, learn more about her story there. I don't want to forget to mention that. That's important. And let me see if I can find her YouTube also. She's on Twitter and YouTube. Again, Twitter, I'm sorry. Well, I like her Twitter too, but YouTube is my favorite way to to catch up with her, see what she's up to. Snyder Amberly, so her name's kind of backwards on her Twitter account. <laughs> Snyder Amberly is her Twitter name. Again, amberlysnyder.org is her website. And her YouTube channel I'm trying to find as we speak. So give me just a moment here. We may have to ask her her YouTube username because I am not fine. Well, you just put her name in and it comes right, right up, lovely. <laughs> There's little tons of videos that come up, but it does pretty easily link you to her YouTube channel. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks like you just put her name in. It looks like her username is Amberly Snyder, so her name itself perfect. Okay, and just put Amberly Snyder Wheelchair Wednesdays. I would highly suggest you check those out, too. Again, very motivational videos okay so give me just a moment here we're just going to play some music as we wait for her to call in i know she's got a lot on her plate and i appreciate her taking the time to do this interview try to think what would be a good song i'm trying to see if i have another song like kind of deals with horses and rodeo and all that good stuff there is one song let me see here i'm trying to like a country song or something (laughs) that song i just love again that i just played called seen by brandon flippin that he mentions a white horse. It's such a beautiful song. Hmm. I need to definitely add some more music to my DJ box here. Let's see. My goodness, I still have Christmas music on here. That's hilarious. And Halloween music. Oh, I'm cracking myself up. Okay. This song is perfect. She'll probably be calling in any minute, but I'm going to play this as we wait on her because it's by my favorite band, Michael Frontier Spearhead, and it's a beautiful message called Hey World, Don't Give Up. Very fitting. Be right back. Tell me why the grass was greener years ago. I swear it used to grow here. But no more here 
All the birds they used to come to fly, yeah, come to die, yeah. And tell me why I need to know. Sometimes I wish I didn't have to know. Oh, you show me. Hey, what what you say? Should us go out for another day or two? Don't give up on me, I won't give up on you Just believe in me like I believe in you Tell me why on the corner all the kids that used to come to run here Load the guns here And tell me why it's okay To kill in the name of the gods we pray Tell me who said it's okay To die in the name of the lies we say Tell me why they're child soldiers Tell me why they close the borders Tell me how to fight disease And tell me now Once again, that was Hey World, Don't Give Up by Michael Franti and Spearhead, one of my favorite songs of all time. I always say if I have to leave one song, one message for the world, I would leave that particular song right then and there. 
That's just so beautiful, isn't it? So, again, we are awaiting a call in from Amberly Snyder. I can't wait to interview her. I'm so excited. I'm a little nervous because she's, like, so inspiring. I'm more excited than anything to meet her by phone and just share her message with y'all. So beautiful. So I know I've mentioned a couple times now, but definitely check out the movie Walk Ride Rodeo on Netflix based on her real-life story. And we're just waiting on her to call in. Give me just a moment here. Let me test my system just for a moment here. Play one more song as we await her call in. So I may stop the music midpoint. Forgive me. That's why. <laughs> no worries. All right. Give me just a second here. I wish I had a song about horses right now so bad. All right. Well, this song I'm going to play because it's patriotic and it's for my soldier friends and it's country and it's one of their favorites. I dedicate this to the I normally play Time to Go Home by Michael Franti Spearhead to my soldier friends serving overseas that listen in, but I'm going to play this Angry American by Toby Keys, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, because it's country and it's more fitting for this interview right now. So we wait for Amberly to call in. Be right back. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy in the land of the free Now this nation that I love is falling under attack A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back As soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye your world like the fourth of July. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And the eagle will fly. And it's gonna be here when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell. And it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down. Sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. Cause we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And the eagle will fly. And 
She remembered her papers. There you are, Amberly. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Amberly, I, I'm so sorry about that. Apparently, I was still on mute when I ended the music. I'm so sorry. I was all talking to you and you couldn't hear me. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so embarrassed. No, no, but you're good. I'm so excited to meet you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. I know you have a busy schedule, so thank you so much. And you just let me know, you know, if, if we need to wrap up, you just say, hey, I got to go. <laughs> I totally respect that. <laughs> You're, yeah, I'll I'll let you know if we get to that. I took a little bit longer to get on because I was, my little sister is heading out um, to Gallup, New Mexico. Oh, for wow. a rodeo, so I was trying to help them pack. Oh, that's nice of you. New Mexico, is that, yeah. is that where the movie, I know I'm kind of jumping to a weird question off the bat, but is that where the movie was filmed with New Mexico? The movie, yeah. Yep, yep. It was filmed in um, Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Oh, okay. The, the reason why I asked that is the way I, I know I'd emailed you about this, but just kind of give a background to the listeners too. The way I first knew about the movie before it even came out and started counting down the days on Netflix was my favorite artist, musician Michelle Shamuel. I was looking her up one day. So I'll look up like her projects and such, and it showed her IMDb credits and it had your movie listed as she was working on it. And I was like, that movie sounds really cool. And so then I was like, add it to the list. So I knew as soon as it came out on my Netflix, I went straight to it. And then I watched it and I was like oh my gosh this is an amazing story I have to interview Amberly Snyder and here you are <laughs> so I'm so excited I'm Thank glad you it all worked out yes I was just I mean I know I know you you just joined but uh, I was playing mostly music and just sharing a background story the other part of the story was that I was saying you make me look like a wimp because I broke both of my arms at the same time in 2008 and both my feet in 2012 and thought those were challenging times and then I see your story I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> I'm such a wimp <laughs> you broke both Amazing. of your feet I did I broke both my arms 2008 when I tripped both two bad falls I tripped and fell at of all places at the Fort Worth stockyard speaking of rodeo and <laughs> there was a piece of brick not pasted down that I did not see and I just went forward splat broke both arms same time uh, I couldn't drive myself to physical therapy, and I had to actually use both my arms. You know how it goes for the therapy to, you know, yeah. so they wouldn't, like, be bent the entire lifetime of my life. And so and oh so I started gosh. crocheting every day. And then 2012 Father's Day, by the way, 2012, I tripped and fell, or I fell playing put-put golf of all things. I didn't see a step. You know, like, on um, the little course where it has, like, the little brick around when you're playing on put the golf course, you know, just kind of the layout. Well, they, they, yeah. Uh, once again, there was like a piece of brick missing. I didn't see, misstepped, went forward once again, and that time I broke both feet. And they didn't have anything like a wheelchair, so they had to go get an office chair out of the uh, out of the office where the arcade, the put the golf place was, to wheel me to my car, and then you know, from there got me to ER. <laughs> so embarrassing. Did you did you know you broke them? I knew immediately after breaking both my feet, I knew because of after breaking my arms, I knew what it felt like. I was like, yep, broke both my feet. <laughs> oh, boy. That was much more challenging. That's why I just I have so much respect for you. Because the arms I could deal with, but then when I broke both my feet, that to me was the most challenging time, honestly. I was like, I could have dealt better with broken arms, but, 
oh my gosh, that was crazy. But I know that you, you learn, you learn your strengths, you learn how to adapt. You, you know, I totally respect like how you want to be independent. You don't want to have to rely on anyone, but you kind of find that balance. Like that was, that was so many life lessons learned. And then I learned your story and I'm like, I have to meet her. (laughs) This is amazing. I want to share your story with like everybody I know, just the world. (laughs) So inspiring. Well, but, thank uh, you for that. You're welcome. I just really mean that. Thank you again for being here. It means a lot to me. Well, if you don't mind, I was just kind of going to go like kind of the background questions first and take, you know, go through the timeline here. But I know I've watched a lot of your interviews. Your mom is so sweet. I know she, I love the story she shares about when you were a baby. And so I was going to ask kind of the general question. It's up to you if you want to share that part. But how how did you, you know, discover your love for horses and the rodeo and at what age? So for me, I mean, I feel like it was as far back as I can even remember um, that horses were just something that I wanted to do. Um, I mean, heck, it's hard to remember when you're really small, but I, I, three years old is when we finally found a place that would take a three-year-old to do riding lessons. So I wanted to do, I wanted to ride horses. I mean, even before that, that was just when we finally found a place that would take me as a three-year-old. And I mean, it's it's like faint memories, right? When you're so little. So I remember Mm -hmm. like always having a horse with me. And I remember when I started riding lessons, of course, all the horses that I rode there. And I mean, just always loved it. There was nothing else that I could imagine doing. That's so cool. I love that. And that's, you know, I've never thought about that before. So you mentioned that I really wouldn't have thought that it would take, you know, some digging, searching to find a place that would take you age three. I would imagine more places would encourage young, even toddlers, you know, <laughs> to ride a horse. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if it was just, um, I don't know, like the time or, or, you know, with liability and stuff. But, yeah, they, Oh. my parents told right. me that it was at three that they finally, you know, found a place that would take a three-year-old. Wow, that's crazy. And then moving forward, obviously you found your passion and your love for horses. You became a horse, uh, excuse me, a barrel horse racer. And you're also a breakaway roper. So you're a barrel racer and a breakaway roper. Can you explain to me, and I understand barrel racer, but I don't exactly understand. What's a breakaway roper? So breakaway roping is is an event that you can do where um, like you're in a shoot, you're in a the calf is in a chute and you're in like a little box and you nod your head and the calf's allowed to leave the chute and you have a rope and you just have to rope it around the neck and the rope is tied to your horn on your saddle, which is like a little string and it breaks off and that's when the time stops. Oh, interesting. So yeah. So it's just kind of a, a it, so if there's, if people have seen tie down roping or calf roping, um, at a rodeo that's the, what the men do so they rope and then they have to step off and tie it and the girls don't have to get off they just get to rope it and then the rope the little string breaks off of their saddle horn and that's where the time ends gotcha okay cool very cool and then so you started really you know finding your passion getting good at this when when did you realize like oh my gosh I'm starting to win these rodeo competitions I'm starting to really get good at this um, you know, I, I started rodeo when I was seven. So that was after we had moved to Utah. And I don't know, every time you pull a check, you're like, okay, I'm pretty good at this, I guess. But um, <laughs> I love your answer. <laughs> I, 
keep it real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Every time you win money, you think, all right, I kind of got this figured out. But the way the rodeo works is very humbling from time to time as well. So, um, I mean, when I was little, the junior rodeos at seven years old, I knew that I could win if I made my best run that I could win. And, you know, that competitive mentality and just confidence in my abilities is what was able to make me great as a kid at all those little junior deals. And, I mean, up into high school, this competition gets harder. uh, People get better. There's more talented horses, more talented people. And so you definitely go through stages. Like people talk about slumps in sports. That 100% happens in rodeo too. So for me, oh, interesting. I don't know, like my, my freshman year of high school was pretty humbling, I will say. But, <laughs> you know, I was able to keep up, but it was good. It, and uh, I don't know, like I said, you go, through, you go through times where you win a lot of buckles and then you go through times where you don't win anything. And mm-hmm. you just have to decide how much you love it. Yeah, apparently, I mean, you kept going, so you definitely left it. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. I'd never really thought about that, you know, going through the slump time and having to just keep at it. So persistence pays off, right? <laughs> so cool. Definitely. And, uh, and that's how it applies to any sport, you know, because everyone goes through those slumps, and you've got to decide, gosh, how bad do you want it? And are you willing to keep going even though it seems kind of bleak at the moment? Right. And speaking of other sports, that reminds me of your father. I mean, he sounds like he was a great influence in that regard, right? Because he was a baseball coach. Yes, my dad. He was a major league baseball player for eight and a half years, and then he was a baseball coach. So he uh, wow. he knows what it takes to be the best, and he honestly expected that from all of his kids. You know, there's six of us in my family, and in all of our sports, the the best is what was expected. And I feel like that taught us all to be competitive and work hard and be dedicated and all of the above. Definitely. That's great. That's great. And then kind of moving into, if you know, share, share what you're comfortable with. But if you don't mind, you know, I kind of gave the gist of the movie and the synopsis of, of your life, you know, kind of roll, rollover car accident January 2010, you know, figured out how to be a barrel racer, breakaway roper, motivational speaker, like her Twitter profile says, kind of sum it up, sum your life up there in a nutshell, but can you kind of take us through, you know, the depth of your accident? Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, you want a kind of short version? I can give a short version. <laughs> or sure, long version. whatever you're comfortable way, with. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it was January 10th of 2010. I was, I'd been hired to work during the Denver Stock Show in Colorado. Um, I was at an FFA meeting. I was state FFA president at the time. So I was at an FFA meeting in Logan, Utah, and left there at 4.30 in the morning to start my drive. I stopped in Rollins, Wyoming at a gas station and when I got back in my truck, I didn't put my seatbelt back on. I'd had a stomachache the whole morning, and I thought, I'm going to take it off just for a minute. So less than 10 miles down the road from there, I was going through Sinclair, Wyoming, where I looked down to check my map. When I looked up, I'd faded over a lane, and uh, I overcorrected my truck, which caused it to roll, and was ejected at 70 miles an hour, hit a fence post on the side of the road, across my stomach, broke it off, carried it another 20 feet of the fence, and that's what broke my back. Mm. 
Oh my goodness. So ironic. Just ironic that he took it off for the stomach accident and then and then that happened, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah, that's what's I just, so and crazy I is it Yeah. I have to, like, I've been asked a lot, you know, like, man, do you wish you hadn't done that? Or, um, Mm -hmm. and I totally believe in seatbelts. Like, you know, I've got nothing against that. It just, I don't, and I wear it all the time. Like, it's not like that's even a question for me. I wear my seatbelt all the time. I just took it off for a minute. And I just can't look back and think about the what ifs because I can't change it. I can't fix it. So I truly believe in just moving forward and looking at what I can do now. Um, you know, and just uh, just what's come out totally of it, agree. regardless. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, just just to kind of show another perspective, like I totally get why you did that myself. Is I, I mean, I had a breast lump surgery when I was in college, and I didn't want to wear a seatbelt, and I, I was wearing it, and you know, I was going to see grandmother that you know didn't have much time left, and it was just killing me. I was just like, I can't, I can't wear this anymore. You know, I totally get it. I just totally get it. So I just want to empathize for you on that point, you know, but I agree with you. You just, you know, got to move forward. Exactly. And speaking of that, how, how in the world did you find the strength to muster through and and get back on a a horse after everything compete again? Well, for me, like even sitting on the side of the road, waiting for somebody to come find me, I knew I wanted to get back on a horse. I even was sitting there thinking about, okay, how am I going to do that? And I mean, that's at the point where I knew I couldn't feel my legs, but you don't really know how serious it is or how your life is about to drastically change. So I just knew I was going to get back on a horse. That was the second conversation I even had with my mom was promise me that I'll get back on a horse. And she said, I don't care if we have to strap you to that saddle, we will get you back on a horse. So, I mean, it it wasn't, you know, if I was going to, it was just when we could figure it out. And that was what we did. Four months after was the first time I got back on. Wow. This is going to be kind of a side note question, but you've mentioned a couple of scenarios that I think when I was doing the research online where I was like, I wonder if there was anything different in the movie scenario that versus real life. You mentioned the first one of the car wreck when you pulled over at a gas station, but the movie portrays that a tad differently. <laughs> right yes yes there's a mm-hmm. yeah they, and I think that they did that for time it was I mean you know the movie in itself it's like five six years six years I guess worth of time that they shoved mm-hmm. into an hour and a half so wow. there's a lot that goes on in five years or six years that is hard to put into a movie so that was kind of one of the tricky things. Um, like I think when we, when they had written the original script, so we wrote the script quite a few years before the movie was actually picked up. And the original script I think had that I stopped at a gas station and I jumped back in my truck and I almost put it on and then I didn't put it on. But when it came down to like essential stuff for the story, they just decided that that was going to take extra time. So it just mm-hmm. got bumped out of there. Which happens in movies. Movies are not exactly. perfectly accurate, so they definitely right. That's what yeah. That's so they I definitely like make changes. And and the other one you mentioned, uh, I believe, you know, like like talking to your mom and all that, you know, seems on point. But the part with uh, like in the movie when you're in the physical therapy part, when I think it was your I think it was your dad idea in the movie, but it was actually your idea in real life to actually use the saddle in therapy is that right correct me if I'm wrong yes 
<laughs> nope, that is accurate. That is accurate. They and they wanted to. I don't know. It was the therapy part was kind of tricky because um, it was challenging for sure. But you know, like I only said no to therapy one morning, and that was the morning of my birthday. That was the only time I ever said no to therapy. And I feel like they wanted to like really capture that low. So, oh, gotcha. Anyway, Probably they, exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. So then that's why they you. did that, so that they could kind of capture that one low moment. <laughs> it's um, your birthday. I get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't plan on spending your 19th birthday in the hospital. So that was the only morning that I was like, I just wasn't feeling therapy. But every other time I did. And so that was, that was one of those things that like I told them and they were like, okay, yeah, we're going to definitely put that in the script. And I'm like, well, what about all the other days? Like that I definitely didn't say no, but right. that's just the way it goes. <laughs> and, and how did the idea of the movie itself come about? You know, a, uh, a producing, a production company came um, to me by um, in 2013 and they asked if they could have my story rights my life rights and so I told them actually I said no (laughs) like I don't want to do it that's not what I want to do um I felt like my family had been through enough the first time around so to do the remake and then you always know that they're going to make things not accurate and I just was like you know what like I'm not going to do that not for me not my family but my parents, they felt like that it was it was more beneficial to get the story out. So 2013, they I came back to them and I said yes. We wrote the script. There, they kind of fell out two years later. And after I ran in the American, a new company came in, asked for the same thing. I again said no. But my parents told me no. We really should do it again. Anyway, wow. so then two years later, Netflix comes on. So I mean, it's been a long process. Like. That's it definitely amazing. wasn't fast. Right. But when Netflix came on, they came on in March of 2018. And so, I mean, it was a one-year process from when they came on to when it was released. So that was oh, wow. kind of fast at that point. That's a fast track for sure for a movie. <laughs> that's extremely good. Well, yeah, that's what they were wow. telling me all the time is that how fast that process was for a movie that it usually – would go a little bit slower than that. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like the other, you know, the other times prepared you for this. Like it, I always say everything works itself out time-wise and all. And it, it, you know, it sounds like it was definitely meant to, to be on this streaming venue for you, you know, with Netflix and all, you know, what my favorite part about the movie is not just your message, but something I no- noted um, that I learned about was that you actually did the stunts yourself, right? That was like one of your conditions, like it has to be me actually, you know, doing these scenes with the horse and all. Yes. So that was one of the um, agreements that I had was because, I mean, I'm the only one in the United States that does what I do. So mm-hmm. I told him like, you can't, I don't want you to go find somebody and tell them to pretend like their legs don't work. Like that's that I'm not okay with. So I've got to ride for myself. And then my little sister needs to ride for my pre-accident stunt double because she rides just like me. And I really wanted that part of the movie to be authentic. I think it was the only part I could control. So, um, <laughs> cause I was kind of like, you, like you won't, like you won't get the story unless you agree to these terms. And good so they made it work so that they could. That's awesome. And is that, I know you have several siblings. Is that, 
your sister Autumn or a different sibling? Yes, Autumn, Autumn. She's the youngest. She's the youngest. The reason why I ask that is because I've been, you know, looking at your post and I noticed some of her, you know, you shared some of her posts recently. So she's a radio competitor as well. Is that right? Autumn is? Yeah, yeah Autumn is. Uh, she's the only other one that rodeos. So, yes, she competes. That's where, that's where they were just going was they were just heading out to Gallup, New Mexico, for her to go rodeo. That's what I was helping her get ready for. Uh, are you and we just got home. Coach? That's what was crazy is that we got we got me and her were at a barrel race all weekend, so we Aww. went to the barrel race, got home, and then they turned around and and just left to gallop. Oh kind wow! Of a quick turnaround. That is no, not even one night at the house. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. No, no, that's only medication. <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. Are you? I mean, obviously you're her older sister and a mentor, but do you consider yourself like her rodeo coach too? Uh, yeah, I would say yes on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been, we've been, I've been training or coaching or helping her since she was five years old. I think when she was five is when she finally decided oh. that that was what she wanted to do. So we've been doing that. And now I feel like we coach each other. So it works out oh, pretty nice. well. That's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Well, going back to, you know, your life story and all, what was it like that first time you outbeat your own personal record, you know, competing after your accident? That was honestly really cool. Um, it's happened now a couple times in a couple different arenas and um, even just – so, I mean, if, if you think about a barrel pattern, it's one of the trickiest things to explain to non rodeo people or barrel racers is that every arena has a different size pattern um, because, you know, just depending on how big it is, is what kind of pattern can fit in there. And, but they have a pattern called a standard set. So a standard set is what you're going to see at a lot of the pro rodeos. If the, if the arena is big enough. So on a standard set, like my fastest time before my accident was, um, Oh heck, I think like a seventeen six or something like that, and so or maybe a seventeen eight, and then to outrun myself after and to run a six and then run a five and run a four and then this last year or this year I ran a seventeen one like that. To me, it's cool for me to see that my legs haven't kept me from getting better. You know, mm-hmm. they haven't held me back from being the competitor I want to be, in a sense, and. I don't know. That's kind of an indescribable feeling because you get to, you get to kind of feel, I don't know, like if invincible is the word, but like that you just, you can compete like you want to compete. And man, do I love that feeling. Very strong arms, first of all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Check out your guns. Wow. <laughs> you are so strong. And then that leads me to also, speaking of your strengths, I've been um, kind of giving a preview earlier. You know, wait, Nicole, I was playing music and giving a preview of your story and was telling the listeners, please check out not only your movie, but your Wheelchair Wednesday videos. And my favorite ones, I think one of your more recent ones, where I think one of the latest things you've, you've figured out is how to get yourself actually on your horse. I mean, how do you do all that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that part is kind of crazy. Um, I made a video of that. Uh, well, I've done a couple, I guess. 
I made one that was in 2017, and then I made there's one that's older that I did just repost because it's a favorite. I need to make another one, a recent one of me pulling myself on my barrel horse because everybody wants to see power. So I need to make oh, one yeah. of jumping on him. Power. When I discovered <laughs> I could do that, I don't know. It was pretty empowering just to realize that, oh. okay, like I really can do this if I want to do this. I don't do it all the time anymore. Um, I only have one set of shoulders, so I have to right. be more careful with them. But I at least know I can do it if I need to. That makes sense. I totally get that. Yeah, you've got to see. That's that's what I was thinking about too when I was learning about your story. Is like, how do you find the balance between you know when not to overdo it, but do it like things like that. When you know, how do you balance out knowing when okay, I really should use someone's help today, but you know, or I can just do this by myself. How do you find that balance? I think that um, I try to read my body a lot on that or <laughs> learn from my mistakes. And <laughs> because in the beginning and even now, like I want to do everything. I mean, I want to do everything, but I've realized that, okay, it's going to be easier if you have somebody like lift this or pick this up or reach this or lift you here than put myself in a spot where I can get hurt or, you know, I can get injured. And I have come to realize, like, it's not worth, I mean, I depend on my shoulders and my arms a lot. So it's not worth hurting them just to try to prove that I can do something, even to myself. Gotcha. So I think right. it's just from experience. You know, you just gain experience and that helps. Yeah, trust your intuition for sure. No, that totally makes sense. Well, that's cool. Well, I know another thing. You you graduate from Utah State. You have a couple degrees, a, a master, excuse me, bachelor's degree in agriculture education from 2018, and or no, sorry, 2015, excuse me, and a master's degree in school counseling, also from Utah State in 2018. Is that right? Yes. And how how would you say you're applying both those degrees? I know you obviously do motivational speaking, and I definitely have a question about your keynote speaker video in a moment. I love that video. It's my favorite that I'll share with you in a moment, but, and ask about, but how would you say in general, like how are you applying like the agriculture education degree as well as the school counseling degree in your, you know, daily life now? Well, you know, I feel like just, you know, the counseling, so to even just learn how people cope um, and mm-hmm. go through the classes and my internship with students, and just realizing, you know, that everyone has something and and we're all going to have different ways of coping. I think that that has just even helped me in my life, but I get to use it a lot when I talk to people as a speaker. I get to use it when I um, visit with people after speaking. I get to use it with the messages that I answer. You know, I realize that everybody is going through something. And honestly, both of those degrees have helped me just have uh, a better understanding of maybe why or how people handle things the way that they do, as well as just communicating in general. And I know I use them. I definitely use them a lot, even though I'm not in a classroom. Right. Oh, totally makes sense. Most definitely. Yeah, I was so inspired. I was like, wow, you, you got not only went back to rodeo competitions and all, but then you, you went to school. <laughs> you got two degrees. I was like, oh, my goodness, this, this girl just keeps going. <laughs> so amazing i just adore you <laughs> and well um, thank going you through, 
You're welcome. I sincerely mean that. And and okay, so I love to watch your YouTube videos, as you know. Wheelchair Wednesday is one of my favorites, but my my absolute favorite video is actually your keynote speaking video. You were a keynote speaker at the 88th National FFA Convention Expo, and oh yes. my gosh, there's this particular video you post on your YouTube, and wow, girl, you know how to make a presentation so exciting and so interactive. And I got a little nervous, I'll be honest with you, when you started doing this interactive section, which I was going to ask you to share with the list how you do this, but when you were like, wait, wait a minute, and you did the disclaimer part, I got so nervous, and then I saw what happened, and I was like, that's why she does the disclaimer. Will you will you share with the listeners how you do your interactive speech, and just in general, how you do your speeches? <laughs> yeah, when I, I like, oh. when I started speaking a lot more... Yeah, I wanted to figure out how I could involve the audience. You know, like some people just, well, unless you've been in a chair or been around somebody who's been in a chair, like there's a lot that you just miss, you know, or just assume you understand or um, or don't understand. I mean, there's just a lot to it. So I love to get the audience involved by having, I set up obstacles on the stage and I have somebody get in my wheelchair and do the obstacles. And one of those obstacles is to jump a board or a broomstick as well as they got a wheelie in a circle. So I love doing it because um, I always make sure the person who gets in my chair is somebody who's never been in one because if you've kind of figured it out, like you can do stuff pretty okay. And you want it to somebody be brand new. So they get in, they do the obstacles, and there's a pretty dang good chance that they're going to wheelie my chair over. And that makes it exciting for everybody. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I always throw out, I throw out the disclaimer because it makes people laugh, like when they hear it. But at the same point, I'm kind of being for real. Like, hey, if you get hurt when right? you put my chair over here in a second, like, I'm not responsible. <laughs> oh my goodness, me. I love that. That's so cool. I love the way you make it so interactive. I was so impressed with that. And I was like, oh my goodness, I really get your attention. But it, it's, you're, I mean, that's such a great example. The way you demonstrate so quickly and so easily how these are the simplest things, you know, others take for granted, just daily life rituals that you show how you've adapted, how you, you know, overcome these obstacles. It's so amazing. Oh my gosh. That, that reminds me, one of the interviews I watched uh, not long ago of you where you were, you were going along with the interview interviewer, you know, to show your horses and all. I think it was the one where you had just, um, I know you were you were on NBC not long ago, but I can't remember was that one or a different one. I think it was a lady interviewer, and y'all were walking along, and you were saying something about I just got home from you know college, and we just moved the horses up closer to the house, and you know it was a beautiful like land area they had. And then the funniest part though was when you were going along, you were like, I'm really not a show off. People think I show off because it looks like I'm popping willies, but it's just so much better to do it this way so you don't get caught in the dirt or something. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that is, I live in a wheelie. I really do. Wow. I live in a wheelie. And even to, even today, I was uh-huh. I was at the barrel race, and there's all these rocks. And so I'm wheeling because if I'm not, if I don't, my front wheels will catch those rocks and hit me out the front. Oh, so wow. I was like in a wheelie, and, the, and this guy walks by, and he's like, wow, that's impressive. And, I, and, it, and I'm just like, what is? Like, I don't even... And I'm like, I don't even think about it. And he's like, you're just like wheeling across these rocks. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Like, 
I just, well, yeah. I live in a wheelie. Like that, that is how I live my life. I'd rather be in a wheelie than tipped out. So that right? is how I definitely. I love that. Yeah, that's definitely how I work. Oh, that is so so cool. I was like, oh my goodness me, <laughs> but that's good. You know, that's good. Like you said, like you figured so many things out. But I just, I was like, well, she looks extra cool doing it. <laughs> so good up to her. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> naturally just <laughs> just adaptation. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness. Once you, once you fall out a time or two, you're gonna do literally anything you can. <laughs> oh, I had a question about the movie itself, like kind of the format. I, and I saw one of the fans ask you and I think you replied, I wish. They asked if there and I was wondering this too, is there any chance we get to have this walk ride rodeo movie, you know, be converted eventually to a DVD? So we can all own a copy because I would definitely buy a copy. <laughs> Is there any chance? I I wish I knew the <laughs> answer. Um, and they net. I mean, part of Netflix is the fact that they don't have DVDs. But but I you know wow. I've talked to my manager about it, and they have they do some of their filming like one of the programs of Netflix is to get DVDs. And they'll ship them to you, you know, if they don't have them on there. And I just, I don't know if at some point maybe they will put them to DVD. And then I feel like people might not give them back. But (laughs) it's possible. I just, I don't know yet. As of right now, no. As of right now, it is is just on Netflix. And we'll see if that changes at some point. Yeah, that would be cool. I personally have. I subscribe to both Netflix streaming and the Netflix DVDs, and I always mail them back if that makes you feel any better. I get three at a time <laughs> on a rotating cycle, and I always turn them back in. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> we think it would be a good yeah. I always do. Well, in my mind, in my mind, I don't like my friends would be like, "Well, we'll just get it. We just won't send it back. They'll just have to make more." Oh, <laughs> I'm like, and you should. I just think it should be like an actual copy we can buy, you know, and purchase and just keep and have, you know, as a keepsake. That would be amazing. Oh, and speaking of that, another media form I noticed too, you have a children's book, I believe, that's called Walk Ride Rodeo that you did? Yes, I do. Like, so, yes, the, the kids' book, um, I actually wrote that before the movie. I got I wrote that in 2017. And wow. I've, I've been trying to work on the the bigger, I say the big kids version, but like the actual book version. I've been working on it, but um, I decided to get the kids version out in 2017. My horse had fell on me at a rodeo and broke my leg, and so I was out for the summer. And wow. I just can't, I can't like sit for very long in the concept of not doing anything. So I uh, decided to write a kids book. So that's where the book came from. And that is when Netflix found out about the book, and that's why they changed the, the movie to Walk Ride Rodeo. Wow. That is so cool. That's amazing. You just can't sit still for long. You always keep so busy. I think the concept of a children's book is amazing. I mean, that's so so beautiful, you know, the children learning this message so young like I just love that concept because when I was looking up the movie I was like I wonder if the, you know a lot of movies have like a novel a book you know life story book first and I was like wait a minute it's a children's book well that's so cool so I, I think that's 
even better, honestly, teaching the youth like that. It's very cool. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, I I felt like that, you know, little kids. Well, okay, and I didn't know exactly at that point. Well, I hadn't heard from Netflix or anything, so I didn't know a movie would be made. And I thought, man, little kids want to like know my story, and mm-hmm. they need to know it in a simple version. So that's why I wrote it like that. Very cool. Very cool. I don't know if you can hear the winds here. You know, I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. I'm on the Fort Worth side, and all of a sudden I hear these strong winds against my window. We've had horrible weather off and on a lot lately. I was at a water park earlier, and it rained and had to leave and get a get a ticket for another day. So I'm just going to let you know we're going to have to wrap it up soon just to be on the safe side because I don't want you to get cut off because sometimes the power goes off here when the weather gets – oh, my goodness. The, light, the power just flickered off and on, so I apologize. So I just want to give you a heads up. But I did want to try to fit in two okay. last quick questions if I may um, well a couple things one is I want to share a quote that my friend said after watching your movie and learning your story her name is Jeannie shout out to Jeannie and she said she wanted me to share this with you the determination and the face of struggle is a beautiful thing I love when people do things that others doubt they can so I wanted to share that with you oh. she said that about you and your story <laughs> I thought that was so sweet I love that I know, because you talk all the time. I was like, that's so fitting, because I noticed you talk a lot about, you know, the doctor said I would never walk, you know, you know, would be able to write again. Excuse me, I wouldn't be able to fill my legs at all. And, you you know, gradually had, you know, some progress there, too. Like, you know, here and there, like, filling certain muscles, I believe, and such, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can amazing. do a little bit. And, yeah, so and uh, so we just, I, I definitely don't take anything I have for granted, and I can feel to my knees and I can move a couple muscles and it's more than they thought I would get. So I appreciate what I have. Amen. Yeah. But I I read that and I was like, that is so fitting because you're always saying a lot of your messages, or at least I get out of your messages, you know, who cares what they say? They say you can't doesn't mean you can't. It's up to you. (laughs) Only you know if you can't. Right. So good for you. I love that message. And, and on that note, is there, you know, the last couple of questions I'll ask as we wrap up and I can't thank you enough. This interview means so much to me. Thank you so much for your time and and sharing your story and all, but I was going to ask, um, is there like, you know, anything that I didn't mention, just kind of a, you know, last minute words to the listeners message you'd like to share? Um, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that when I meet people and the message that I really like to share with them is that, you know, we're all going to have something and it's okay if it doesn't look like mine or it's okay if it feels like it's not even as big as mine. Like we all have something and it's going to feel overwhelming to us, but recognize that, that we are human and you're allowed to be upset and frustrated and, and even feel overwhelmed sometimes. But just after that feeling, you know, you get to decide what you're going to do after that. And I just hope that people realize that, you know, that it's okay to be upset. It's okay when things don't go right, because, you know, like, what are you going to do next? And I think that part is most important. Uh oh, did I lose you? 